Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. For a year, we spent our time beginning our show reading the welcome prayer. I hope you're still referring to that welcome prayer each morning as I start my morning and read through that prayer, which I haven't fully memorized. And I hear myself saying, I let go of, I desire to. But I begin it with welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope that you are welcoming Christ each morning into your day, that he would travel with you in a close and personal way. You would lean in and listen to what he is directing you to do. These podcasts have been tremendously uh, fun for me. I love the work that God has called me to do. He hasn't called me to stop it, so I'm continuing. Thank you for all of you, to all of you who listen to us in Sweden and Germany and Japan and Australia and Ecuador and Wyoming and Texas and my friends in Wisconsin. Hi, girls. I know you're all together. We're so glad that you join us for these times and your encouragement in notes and letters and emails. The books are still here. We have a few Emily Barnes books left and the Sandy Wilson books are pouring in. So you want your free books. It's time to send me an email with your heart address and we're sending them out to you. Thank you to the donor who made a substantial donation, making all this mailing possible. So you tell us you want it, the books have been donated, and the donation we received we're using for postage. It seems like a wonderful circle, and we're having a good time doing it. Well, today I want to introduce you to a friend. Um, I think whenever I even talk about her, and um, looking at her makes me want to tear up a little bit, um, because she has been a very unique friend in my life. And so welcome, Marion Gendel from Colorado. Thank you. It's a delight to be here with you. What's going on in Colorado weather-wise? Oh, it's gorgeous. I'm I'm hesitant to tell you because you'd be so envious. (laughs) (laughs) It's just delightful right now. So yeah. I'm gonna call you back when the snow is plowing. (laughs) Then you can't be too braggy. I know that. And actually we, we, we've had a couple of days in the 90s, like, hello, we, we feel like we died and went to heaven. Oh, my goodness. I know. Um, I know. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we've been starting these shows, Marion, by um, telling our audience how we met, and you go first, and then I can laugh and tell you that's not what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, my... My memory is just a delightful one because I can remember you being at the church and offering seminars for young women, um, young moms, which I was at that time. And so I jumped in on one of these seminars and I just, it was so practical, but also encouraging that because I can remember you saying that young moms are equipped to basically rule the world because of all the skill set. So it just gave a different perspective on orthodontic appointments, going to the grocery store, because this was, this was important work, and truly it was. 
And I'm grateful for the input from you from day one in my life. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So this, this I've never been able to say in my whole life. I've been thinking of it. I cannot remember when you were not in my life. I know, isn't that, isn't that, like, that's, there's a sweetness and a holiness to that, but in every, everyone else, I'd say, and, and some of the people who we mutually know, you know, they tell the most preposterous story about how we met, I don't remember any of that, then I tell my preposterous story back, they're like, we never remember the same thing, and I thought, when do when was it was it where was it was it i asked all the questions was it with don were they a couple did i meet or the child first i i couldn't so i i love that that's unique to me as you are unique to me i don't remember like it feels like you've always been in my life and now i'm going to tell you i'm going to tell the audience you 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 don't like it when i do this and i'm sorry I don't mean to do something you don't like, but I gave Marion a little nickname, but it so fit when I came to this piece, Marion, about when did I meet her? When was my first awareness? I feel like she's always been there. And the work that you have done and the work we have shared together in histories, Marion is the silent slipper. I love that. That's like, if you just take that picture, now you know something intrinsic about my friend. Um, what is it? What is a slipper? It's at home. It's comfortable. It's not something that has to be taken out and shown around. In many cases, we don't want to take it out and show it around. It's, it's a silent comfort to us. And it is like always there. And Marion and I have done ministry together for moms, for mentors, and we'll talk a little about that as we go along. That um, I thank you for that. I've never said that about anyone in my life. I never had to think that thought. And there it is on air. We're coming up with a new thing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so Marion is my friend who I've had with me always. Oh, let's talk about the spirituality of that. Have we, have we, uh, what do you think about that, Marion? Well, I think there's a real truth to it because there has been a depth of spiritual life that has come alive in our relationship, I think. And I think that's the, that's that component of always being together is yeah. because it is so God-centered, and it's so real. I mean, I don't think there's a question I can't ask you or a comment I can't make to you. Yeah, I feel that also. And and yet we're, we're not, you know, we don't talk on the phone a lot. No. The other thing that's very nice is that our guys like each other. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is a time when I want you to introduce yourself. Um, just tell our audience... You've told them several things about yourself already, but talk about where you came from, what you do, what you've done, what you love, where you went to school, who you're married to, just whatever comes to your heart. Oh, well, I'm from Canada originally, and we moved down to Arizona with my husband's um, company. And we had four children when we moved there. And we still have four children, I might say. <laughs> but 
Um, it was a hard move because I was concerned about moving to the U.S. and concerned about moving to a new culture. And our oldest daughter was 16. And so it was just, um, it was the sovereign Lord who had um, oper- opened that opportunity to us. But um, we also knew that even at that point, that there was going to be issues of letting go because we were coming to that point in our family and we were letting go of Canada. And so God was instilling in me a need to trust him. But there we were in Arizona and I did become involved in the church and uh, as we had been in Canada, but then got to know Donna and the four, the two older kids graduated in Scottsdale, and then we moved to Denver uh, again with my husband's company, and are settled here. So, so um, you have four children. Give us a little history of that. Okay, our oldest daughter is um, married, and she now lives in Canada, in Jasper, Alberta, actually, with their her husband and their three daughters. And um, in keeping with the, the theme of letting go, their oldest daughter on Sunday just went to spend 10 weeks in Greece. So we are getting these gorgeous pictures of Emma in Greece um, going to Bible college. But um, our oldest son is married and his three children and wife live in Los Angeles and he pastors there. And our youngest son is in New York City, and he is uh, working for an architectural firm and doing some freelance writing. And he just spent six weeks with us in the summer, which was a complete delight. (laughs) And then um, our youngest daughter lived in Guatemala for a time, but she is now living in Denver and uh, with her husband and two-year-old son. So some of our time is spent with this wonderful little two-year-old grandson so I'd like you to tell our audience a little bit about um, the migration of full-time mother four children now married grandchildren living everywhere I'm always reminded about these roles that modern homemakers tries to encourage in who you are as a woman of faith who you are as a wife and a mother and a homemaker. And they just keep going on. Are you still a wife? Yeah. Are you still a mom? Yeah. And then we add grandmom and in-laws. And are you still managing a house? I don't care how big or small it is. So so tell me, you did ministry and have done various pieces of ministry. Tell me how you went from full-time motherhood to full-time motherhood and ministry. Talk a little bit about that and share with our audience, the work you did in teaching, your Bible study teaching. I am working in Bible study fellowship as a group leader. So the segue from parenting to being an empty nester has been cushioned a bit by the fact that I have adopted daughters here. And so I continue to work with moms and grandmoms and single women in ministry through Bible Study Fellowship. And so that has somewhat softened the blow from 
the transition and leaving behind, so to speak, um, our, our own kids who have a separate, obviously a separate identity and a separate focus, etc. Although it's interesting in this pandemic because with the Canadian border closed and then with the current pandemic situation in in California, we have not seen our other six grandchildren all summer. So I've been doing a Bible study with their moms and some of the oldest granddaughters. And it is just such a sweet time of intimacy and um, sharing their growth. And uh, it's just been such a gift. Okay, tell to continue on. Tell me about that. I don't know anything about it. I'm jazzed by that. So how did it get started? What are you teaching? How and what's the vehicle you're using? The book is Steadfast by Courtney Doctor, and it goes through the book of James, which of course has every week penetrating truths to deal with and to ingest. So here we are, just as our little family, and it is incredible. Okay, who started it? What did you say? Hey, let's all get together and study the Bible. What did, what did you do? Well, um, firstly, we were the girls, the, the moms, and I were going to go to a conference in June of last year, and the Gospel Coalition Conference in Indianapolis, and this was going to be a book that we would study before we went. And so I studied it with a group of women. And then because the conference was canceled, I said to the girls, Let's, what about doing this book? And so then opened the door to our oldest granddaughters. And that's how it got started. So how many are there? There are like five, six of you then. Well, there's seven-ish of us, but um, now Emma's gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. That so is outgrowth of who you are, how loved you are. And are you doing it Zoom or FaceTime or phone or what are you doing? Actually, FaceTime. FaceTime. Yeah, I like FaceTime a lot. Well, yeah. that just fits you, sweet pie. That is just perfect. I love it. I love it. I love it. I wonder how many of those things are going on around the around the country. I find that my granddaughter, who is 14, is very weary of the computer with the schooling. She just she says to me, We have these meetings. Um what does she call them? I can't even know what she calls them. It's just the two of us. And it's on Zoom. And she is in her bedroom. And I'm, of course, at home. But she shows me things that she's working on. So oh. she, because I'm in her space, uh, she, she shows me something. She just painted and moved. She's quite a little artist. And then she was working on a computerized game program and she could double up the screen and show me that and the last time I had her favorite food delivered to the house and I so we ate together but I mean that's a lot of energy and effort but she has said to me oh no I get so tired being on the screen very good audience I hope you are listening to that because it's an idea for you 
And you've repeated this phrase, um, letting go. So a great man of faith said, oh, maybe 30 years ago was the first time I heard it. And I didn't like it. I disagreed with it. I thought it was presumptuous. And what he said was all spirituality is about letting go. So Marion, I want to know what you think about that right here. Your first blush. Remember, I told you my first blush. (laughs) Well, and my first blush is letting go of the physical, but that allows me to be open-handed. I think of my soul clings to you, my Lord. And so that's where the open hand is with sovereign God. So that's then what the clinging to comes from. And we do have to let go or else I don't think we'll be close. I think it's, yeah, that's the way it is. Yeah. Do you think? I think what you're saying is we have to let go to get close to. Yes. Our natural way is to cling to. Yes. Instead of letting go. And then we really don't get close because we're trying too hard. And, and the, the, the thought that finally, I really struggled with that for a long time. I, I just kept it inside. I just kept kind of going around about it, saying, man, no, what about man? Then I find a nugget and I think, well, that could be. But I finally came to um, the, the surrender word that I believe what he meant without using surrender, and had he used surrender, I probably would have believed it, but I would have moved past it because surrender is a word used so often. And when he said letting go, um, that that was not uh, as big a buzzword or phrase, catchphrase, as it is now. Um, so I, I think I let go when... I said the first big yes, and every morning I let go again. And the the other piece that came was, in the end, what we are moving toward is the ultimate letting go. And I don't know if I've ever said this on air or not, but we have a friend who will be nameless and has done well in life professionally and financially and maritally and familially. He's done well. It's a man. And he said one day in our presence, you know, everything is so good in my life. I'm not really ready to go to heaven. And I was, I, I, I was, I was speechless. I was aghast. I was appalled. I was surprised. I was all sorts of things. And they all rushed through me. Thankfully, I was silent which I'm not always, as you know. But I thought in that there's something about the goodness of this earth and this life that can can hold us, that we're not really ready for the ultimate letting go, which is I want to leave here, not because I'm unhappy here, but I want to leave here because where I'm headed is where I want to be most. And in in the course of life, then we wait on Christ to do that. So talk to me a minute about what you think about that. Well, I think a couple of things. One, um, 
when I realize I'm holding on to something, I challenge myself with, is that a God to me? The things I don't want to let go of. And it, the question, I guess, I would ask you too, is, is this the process of sanctification? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's exact. That's a, another great word. It's it's um, we let go of something we typically when we're talking about letting go of four children. I mean, you love your children. You love being a mom. You love you love yes. like you. So you let go of them one at a time, one at a time. Your children are now letting go of their children one at a time. Yes. So yeah, these letting go. It's not hard to let go of things we don't love. But so then, is it a love? Is it a love greater than my love for God? Um, I know that those idols, um, I've had them come up in my own life. And um, so it's a good question to ask back about the letting go. Um, there was one other little thing I wanted to ask you about letting go. Um, Can I interject for a moment and say that the letting go, it's the taking back that I do. Okay, say more. Well, just because I can say, Lord, open-handedly, this situation, this person, I give to you. And then I can find I take it back. I want them back. <laughs> so what I'm saying is it's not an easy process. No. It's no. not an easy. As one of my wise friends said earlier, Mrs. Otto, I believe her name is. Uh, there's the big yes, and then there's all the little yeses after. And so. Yeah. That's very sweet, though, because um, we do take things back. So let's talk about that for a minute, about how we let it go and take it back and let it go again. Do you have any thoughts? Well, I just have to recognize within myself that, it, and often it is at a time where I am not just fully surrendered. You talked about that, submissive to the Lord, or I'm, I'm not consciously doubting an aspect of his character, but it is not as prevalent to me necessarily at that moment that it needs to be, and he wants it to be. And so I'm, I don't really trust you, or I... I just kind of do want this for myself or I do want my Canadian and my Californian and my New York kids all to be here. But I have to trust you that this is perfectly wonderful for them. This is what you want for them. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, that's very sweet. And uh, it's so authentic. Um, we we know to let go of something. We want it. Or we take it back. To, is it a false letting go? I don't think so. I think it's a progression. And yeah. your word sanctification is is perfect. That, that that is really so. The letting go process. If you were making a three point outline, it it, it would include that it is a sanctifying process. And so I hope what our listeners are hearing is don't flog yourself don't don't have shame over the fact that god is calling us to these things this is the way of the world these kids come to us they're still his kids 
they live in our womb. Oh, big deal. Yeah, well, yeah, but, but they're still his kids. Um, we raise them and we love them and then we let them go. Um, yeah. I think that, how, what would you say about letting go in marriage, Marion? In my marriage? In any marriage. How long have you yeah. not married? Yeah, 48 years. 48 years. You don't look that old. <laughs> not really. <laughs> You were 12, I know, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that is, that is probably where the greatest consistent giving up, submitting, um, allowing that sanctification to occur is in marriage because it's, it's 24-7. And <laughs> it's, there's... You know. Can I go with our audience? Oh, yeah, that's so true. We've just been through a remodel. It is 24-7. Oh, you precious girl. Yeah, it, why you think there so it's longer because it never it never goes away. Yes, and you're so, it's such a loving relationship. You want to have it at the place exactly where God wants it to be. But there, that's where the flesh just comes in and says, oh, but I do have my own way too. So, yeah, to let go and just allow God to freely work in each of us in order to work in both of us to the maximum. Mm -hmm. Someone recently said this. Um, I've been pondering it. Um, we were talking about the evolution of marriage, you know, like there is an evolution that's pretty common to all of us, you know, the getting married, the honeymoon, the early years, the building, um, the raising the children, the middle years, the children are gone, we still have energy, the older years, well, David and I are in the older years, I remember a few years ago saying, this feels like I don't, the ways I comforted David before, that's a word I just use, the ways I comforted David before in our marital relationship have suddenly changed. Oh, help me to be aware of that. Like we're both changing. Um, and a very precious woman, I won't say who it is, but she said that the prayer she learned to pray was, she would pray for herself and for her husband. And the prayer for herself was, help me to be the wife you want me to be now. And I found that quite evocative. Because what I've just described is David is different. Well, I'm different too, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about who I am toward David. David is different. So how do I know that? And there, you know, we talk about books and even these podcasts they're teaching and helping. But there's no list that says... For Dawn, how Marion comforts Dawn, being the wife Dawn needs at this time in life, is different than how Donna comforts David and vice versa. So the prayer is quite a simple one because it it's a constant. How do I comfort today? And I think in our world of psychology, theology, the psyche, you know, the study of the psyche, we want to figure out, we have all our tools and valuations and Enneagrams and Myers-Briggs. And if we could figure out who they are, 
then we can be accordingly. I, I think those are good and helpful things. But in the end, it's the simple prayer. And if we're leaning in and listening, then how do I let go of the old David for the new David, which in our age, you know, a lot of our friends are um, having illness and and losing each other. And here we are with grateful for each day. Okay, I went way, way too long and way too far on that. I'm so sorry. So Marion, because we can see each other, our audience can't see each other, but um, I'm gonna show you this. You can read this because you'll see your handwriting right here. So um, I wanted my audience to know that I got a treasured gift. I've never received a gift like this um, almost five years ago now. And it was a beautiful journal. I'm getting rid of my journals. I'm reading and burning my journals. That's the process I'm in. And what Marion did was give me, it's a great idea, and I want you all to hear it. She gave me this beautiful journal, and then she wrote, ran down the pages, just words and thoughts. Holy, holy, holy love. This one that I did based on a word that you wrote which was new and okay now you see my my little sketchings um isaiah 48 love i think i said that um sovereignty and so it was a great gift um that i had treasured but um i thought since we were together it would be a good idea how did you to share with the audience how did you come up with that idea a blank beautiful journal that you randomly put words on well, I think I knew that you would fill it in ways that you have. And so if you took those random words, which were characters, characteristics of God, and you could just allow them to flow from you. And I thought that you're, you are so much that person where your understanding of the depth of God's character is so real and so evidenced and so loved by me and many others. And so I thought that that would be just a tool you could use to engage with God mm. and with your own inner depth. Well, thank you. It was, it was a wonderful gift. I'm glad we can share it. it. You could buy a composition notebook and do the same thing. I will tell you that I think the most powerful of the words in that process was compassion. Um, it was at a time that that word um, was taking on new meaning. So a great gift idea. Okay, Marion. Well, here we are. We've talked about letting go children, uh, gift ideas, uh, friendship. Wow, we could go on and on, but we can't. <laughs> My producer is going to start wagging fingers at us, and I know when that happens, I have to bend. Uh, I have to surrender and let go of the microphone. But before we do that, Thank you for making this possible today. It is a delight to introduce you in this way. It's wonderful to be with you. I saw you this summer on your 70th birthday Zoom call, which was unbelievable. I was so honored to be included in your intimate family. And the question that, um, while we've talked about a lot of things today, the question that I'm asking my friends to answer for my audience friends 
not Jesus, not marriage, not family, but a value point that you have that you would like to share with our audience? Well, and I don't know if this is exactly what you're wanting, Donna, but as I thought about you, and I don't want to make this about you because you don't want it to be made about you. Thank you very much. We all love that when we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but you are such a good listener. I remember telling you something years ago when you said, details, please. You want to know more about because you're interested and you're loving. And... So as I thought about that listening thing issue, I thought that's what I want to be going through life is a good listener. And our common friend we have says that listening is another way of loving. And I agree with that. So in, I'm wondering if that answers your question. I want to listen to the Lord and I want to listen to what he has people in my life tell me that one I need to know mm. does that make sense could I poke around a little and ask yeah. you totally. um, have you had a season in life when listening was hard or more difficult than another season are there subjects that are more difficult to engage in than others? I, I think it's a process for me of going deeper. And so I can listen and, you know, let it just go over my head and there, we've got that. But really listening to the heart of what is being said, knowing the questions to ask to bring more of that out. And I, I don't want to miss the inner part of the statement or question that's being made. I want to, I want to go to that depth with the woman that I'm with or my husband or family, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's very good. Well, thank you. That's uh, that is a value point that is extremely important in life. I think our intercommunications, especially during these pandemic times, listening is much harder because there are so many distractions. And often the way, except for the people who live within our confines of our four walls, Often the people that we now are engaging with, uh, we're doing it on Zoom or telephone. or And so there are a lot of distractions. So it's a good reminder. Not surprising to me that that would be a value point of yours. Not surprising to me at all. Kind of why I started trying to guess what the value points were going to be. I might have been fun. We do have a tool for those of you who are listening to this podcast for the first time. We hope that you will go to our website. It sings and dances and has lots of new things always. Marion uh, spoke as we began this time about how we met and a number of those seminars, classes, uh, teachings are 
all available now online. You can get the audio or you can get the video and the audio. And lots of women write us and tell us they've gathered a small group. Uh, the holidays are coming. I know, pandemic and Christmas. Somehow or another, they don't seem to feel like they're going to work together. But there's a wonderful four-hour program about being home for Christmas and being ready for Christmas and getting organized. There's one and choices matter. So take advantage of those things. The other pre resources that we have include something called Sacred Listening. It's a one-page free resource that you'll find on our website. And in that, Marion brings this value point to our table today. I'm glad we have that resource. I think, Marion, it is uh, a tool that we know we learn from God because his heart is a listening heart. He never, ever turns me away if I'm yelling and screaming and crying and hysterical or kind and gentle. He is always there to listen. And the psalmist reminds us, um, the tears on our bed in the middle of the night, and God is always there. So thank you. Well, I have to say bye. I am loved being with you. Sorry we didn't get to Colorado. Uh, I got another post just recently that maybe we're going to do this again next October. I hope I don't have to wait till then. But if we do, you'll be the first to know. Okay, my dear? <laughs> Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Mary Gendel from Denver, Colorado, for being my friend and for being a friend to modern homemakers today. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make a very uncommon day of listening to people in your world.